Matthew chapter 16, 21 through 28. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 through 28. Everybody ready? We'll be talking about a lifestyle of worship today. Lifestyle of worship. Lifestyle of worship. Everybody good? Yes, sir. Let's pray real quick, okay? So, Lord, thank you for always for the opportunity for us to be able to come together. Thank you for keeping all of us safe, Lord. And um, like Sister Corinthia said, you know our prayer list. You know everybody that's on there. We're adding couple more people onto that prayer list um, but also we definitely want to lift up Thomas and Brother Dion to you and um, you know we're just asking you to do exceeding and abundant above all we could ever ask and think and um, and Lord each and every one of us like Sister Sheila was talking about have issues you know some physically some spiritually um, we're asking for you to heal us you are the God that heals us nobody else can heal us but you and uh, so we, we thank you for that and we claim it, and um, and Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would just come in today, and that you would begin to just take over church today, let your will be done. I pray that the word that goes forth is not just for us in this room, but for all those that will listen to it over the air. So we thank you for that opportunity too. And thank you for the people that are not here that continue to give and, and tithe uh, to this church. And um, we wanna just thank you for them and I just pray and ask, Lord Father, that this would be a right now word for each and every one of us. Have us to look at our lifestyle. Have us to look at the direction that we're headed in. And Lord, uh, just let us be in the center of your will, not just in your general will, but in the center of your will, we pray and ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 21. And, um, and it reads, everybody there? It says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, uh, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are a offense unto me, for you savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man, uh, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. That's a powerful word right there. Amen. We're talking about, you know, a lifestyle of worship, 
Christ here is trying to talk to us about what worship looks like. Because, you know, I talk to a lot of people because um, when the Holy Spirit nowadays is presented through dancing, speaking with tongues, it's a very outward show in some churches you go to. But when you go into the scriptures and you look at the Spirit of God, when he first came, it wasn't a lot of show. He came to bring the word of God into each and every one of our lives. That's what he did. When he first came on the scene, you know, David writes in Psalms 119, he says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, the Spirit of God's job is to take the mind of God, the word of God, and write it upon our hearts and upon our minds so that we can be sons and daughters to the Most High God. That's his purpose and will. It's written in the book of Moses all the way through Scripture, all the way to Hebrews. That's what it talks about. But somehow the narrative has changed and more of the focus is on the gifts. But you and I that have the Spirit of God living in us, he's always um, wanting us to get to a place of worshiping him. And he talks to us, like Sheila was talking about, I know Rev was saying, a lot of people are talking about the issues that we have. And we begin to look at this passage of scripture here. Because sometimes, man, you know, I, I keep wrestling every week because I'm like, Lord, we want to go this direction. And he's like, you need to sit your behind down somewhere <laughs> and go in this direction. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I sit there for a while. I don't open the book up. But then I open it up. I say, okay. Well, let's go in this direction. Because sometimes you, get, you don't want to go in that direction no more. But let God's will be done. And let me take the back seat. But he wants us to focus today on what worship really looks like. He says your obedience is so much better than your sacrifices. He's like, I'm tired of hearing I'm sorry. He's like, I just really want you to get what I'm trying to say. And in every relationship, sometimes men grow up thinking that, man, don't, didn't I put a roof over your head? You know what I'm saying? I, I give you everything you want. You got a car to drive. I'm just trying to play my PlayStation. <laughs> trying to watch the game. You know, sometimes women say, I clean the whole house for you. I do everything for you. But we don't know what worship looks like, just like we don't know what intimacy looks like. And some people in every relationship requires intimacy, but the Lord requires worship from us. And we think worship is, you know, saying, oh, yeah, Lord, and waving our hands. You can come in and wave your hand all, all you day you want to to your significant other. <laughs> it just ain't going to help. <laughs> you know, I got cooked. That ain't going to help. It's something about intimacy in every relationship that the soul needs. And the father who created all of us desires what we call worship, or he desires to be intimate with us, not in the human aspect, but in that place where even though you could be in a room with a thousand people shoulder to shoulder, but feel like you're the only one on planet Earth. People ever talk about that? You ever have a friend talk about that? I just feel so like I'm by myself. Elijah. I know he didn't think he was the only man of God, but so even in his life, he said, I'm the only one. And the Lord said, I got 7,000 men that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And God had to take him and put him back in worship again because somehow he got lost and got out of worship and he got concerned with the cares of this life. But God is like, when you worship and you're focused on what I'm asking you to focus on, he said, you'll always find your way. David said, thy word is what? a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. And I tell you all the time, it's going to get dark. If you think every day I walk through that front door that I think the lights are going to be on, you are sadly mistaken. Because sometimes I paid the bill. And next thing I know, there's an outage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know I paid it. 
You ever come home like that? You know, sometimes when you live the way we live sometimes, you're like, did I pay it? <laughs> I think I paid it. Repo's like, you ain't paid nothing because I ain't got no dog food. <laughs> I'm like, Repo, keep your mouth shut. I did pay it. But, y'all, it's going to get dark. But let me tell you, there's another way. And, I, and as preachers, sometimes the Lord says, hey, look, I just want to show you another aspect of this. And that's what Jesus is going to do. Because all through this whole thing, he's trying to talk to his disciples and people about what God's will for his life. Even though this is God, God came down, humbled himself, stepped inside of a woman, was born, grew up just like you and I. But I'm here to tell you, we, we learned in Sunday school that he was God the whole time. John says, in the beginning was the word. The word was prophesied to us that he was going to show up. The word was with God. The word was God. He became flesh, dwelt among us grew up we had the opportunity some people saw him grow up they said nah that's just a man right there but Jesus is going to begin to talk to his disciples he says this is the father's will for my life he told uh, Moses to tell Pharaoh that I'm going to bring my people out of bondage so that they can come and worship me well when they got there they didn't know what worship was oh they bowed down their whole life to whatever Whoever's a servant to sin is what? A slave to it. But God is like, no, I'm freeing you up so that you can worship me. And if you go back to the beginning, when Adam, God placed him in the garden and taught him what worship is. Adam, this is why you have been created. This is my will for your life. This garden right here, I'm giving it to you. Make sure you make it better than the way you got it. Do you understand that? Make it better. You may have got the car and whatnot, but now you got it rolling on 22s. You got the car, but now it's tinted. It had a factory system in it, but now you bump it. Make it better when I give it to you. When he gave Adam the woman, make sure she's better than when I gave her to you. And he said, okay, daddy, I got it. She's now what? Bone of my bones. She's flesh of my flesh. Hey, look, if you're going to put Nikes on your feet, don't put them Walmart sneaks on her. Put, put, put some Nikes on her, too. Put some Flojos on her. Because a lot of times we get a little selfish and we get a little self-centered. Men and women, boys and girls. Well, you know what I'm saying? For Christmas, you want to get daddy socks, but you want the PS5. The, the prices don't add up. Let's meet each other halfway with a Nintendo Switch so daddy can get something, too. How about I get the TV you get the Nintendo Switch? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Now everybody upset. Let's meet each other halfway, God is saying. If you love me, and keep my commandments. And I'm telling you, there's not a believer on the planet with the Spirit of God living in them. With the, the, he's not telling us, get in your word. Get in your word. Eat this. Eat this thing. Eat the whole roll. Get all up in it. It's good. It's, 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 take your time. But get, put the, how many of us talk every week about putting the phone down? We go home and say, you know what? I'm going to put this phone up today. I'm going to turn the television off. And I'm really going to spend time with the Lord. But listen to what Jesus says right here. He says, verse 22, I'm going to put it off there since I've been talking for a little bit. It said, Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Don't get off Facebook, Jesus. <laughs> Don't put the phone down, Jesus. But Peter began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, I'm born just to die. I got three years for the whole world to examine me. That's all they're doing is examining me. To see, he says, prove me if I got any sin in me. 
And he's telling his disciples, he's like, yo, man, I'm going to head to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me. And Peter's like, no, that is not God's will for your life, right? So Jesus turns to Peter and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me or a stumbling block to me. And I don't know if you've ever been cleaning up or trying to organize or sometimes when I'm doing work around the house and I got hoses running this way and I got different tools this way, I go to walk and I literally stumble and I fall over something. Thomas, you know, I done tripped over the ladder that I sat there. I done tripped over my own drill that I placed there. I placed it there. But what the word is trying to tell us is that Satan tries to place things in our life to take precedence over what God's will for our life is. So there are some wonderful things like televisions and phones and, and all different types of cars and vehicles and houses and all of that. But we see people spend more time on material things than on doing what the Spirit of God is asking us to do. The Spirit of God is driving you and I into intimacy with the Lord where we're reading and we're studying and we're praying. But those things seem to be the last thing that we do. Like I said, we know that every month on the 1st, we got to pay this bill, but we wait to the 27th to begin to put things in order to get it paid. That's not God's like, don't do that. Don't Five wise, five foolish. So it says uh, here, he says, for you savers, not the things that be of God. You have no respect to what the things of God are. Peter just, you know, he's, he's, he's like you and I. He's just starting this thing off. It's, he's progressing ever so slowly. He's progressing. He says some wonderful, like before he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he's rebuking Jesus for Jesus saying, I got to go up here and I'm going to die for all of mankind. That's how we are. Some days we hot, some days we cold. Some days we don't get it. But if we keep on pushing forward, we're going to get this thing called worship. Amen. He wants to bring us to a lifestyle of worship. And sometimes, man, it's not what you see. Everybody's like, you got to lift your hands up and you begin to scream out. But I got such a ratchet life. And that's why God is like, I'm, I want to usher you into a place of worship. We talked about Josiah last week. How first thing he wanted to do was purge everything. He wanted to get rid of everything that he knew in his heart that had nothing to do with God. It's a stumbling block for us. It's a stumbling block for you and I. Jesus said, you know, if your right hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye bothers you, take it out. If that's what's causing you to stumble it, man, go pick it. Everybody tell somebody, Mark, if you don't, Thomas, Mark, if you don't get your bag, you're going to kill me out here. Because I done set the tool bag right behind him. He turns around. Well, it wasn't there. When he was walking that way, but when he comes back, I got two by fours, tool bag. He's like, what are you doing? Oh, my bad. But Satan is there to put things in our path to try to get you and I to stumble over it, to focus on that instead of the things that God wants us to do. So the Lord rebukes Peter. And Peter, listen, you will never forget when God rebukes you. You may forget when mommy or daddy rebukes you. You will never forget when the Lord rebukes you, sets you straight. Because that's God setting you straight. It's a difference between a man or a woman setting you straight. But that is God that is setting you straight. You'll never forget the days that the Lord has set you straight. He said, you are not concerned about the will of God for your life. He brought Israel out three days to worship him. It didn't say to play. It didn't say that, you know, he wasn't talking about, Hey, I'm going to bring you out three days and whatnot so you can buy a new car. And then you drive off and leave me. <laughs> it 
You ever, you ever see that? You, ever, you know, I, I was listening to this woman who put her husband through college, and he became very successful and left her. She worked to put him through college, and he started making money. You know, he got his little beamer. Then the women started really hollering at him. Well, I, I fell out of love with you. Really? How are you going to fall out of love with somebody when they put you through college? Huh? Yeah, thank you. Who does that? You ain't got no job and people are putting a roof over your head, but you know, now that you're working, you done fell out of love and you got to move on. You find somebody else. So evidently, you telling somebody you, you, you in love now, what was you before? And that's what the Lord sometimes tries to tell us. Like, if you tell me that you love me and it's all about you and I, then let it be all about you and I. Stop, stop dipping off. Stop looking over here. Stop looking over there. So we get to verse 24. He says, if any man will come after me. Familiar passage of scripture. Please don't look for a new scripture unless we go to the Mormon Bible. They might have something new in there. Or maybe that Bible they're using at the Catholic Church or the one they swear the president said. If we use one, then we might get some new stuff. All right? But right now, if we're using the same one, the King James, all right, we're going to see these scriptures over and over again for your lifetime. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross or his stake and follow me. If any man, if, listen, he says from the time he's at right now, if any man, and also he talks at the end of here about him coming again. That is the, that's when the clock is done. You ever see teams battling, they get in that hurry up offense and they're rushing and rushing and rushing. They're trying to score. They're trying to win. They're pressing on defense because they look at the clock. And when the clock comes, it runs out, man, there ain't no more game left. There ain't no more running around. That's what he's trying to tell everybody. If any man from that time right there will deny himself and follow him, that's what he's talking about. Until that time, till the, till the, till the buzzer sounds off. We need to deny ourselves. And deny yourself, think about this. Adam had an assignment. He had an assignment to do his job and work the Garden of Eden, and God placed him over all the work of his hands. So not only was he worried about himself, but he had to make sure. You ever see people when the little deers get caught in fences or the little ducks get caught up in string and they go out there and cut the duck loose and make sure the animal's free and it goes on. They have a wonderful little story. They clap and everybody films it. And it's We have an obligation to take care of the things that God has placed underneath us. That's why people mow grass and you know, do their house to make it look. They, I appreciate what God has given me. I appreciate it. You clean your car up. I don't clean mine, but I got to try to clean it one day. I feel guilty, but the Lord gave me a truck and everything. I don't even clean it. I just be riding. But it rains. So I figured that might help me out. Give me a little pass. You know, when it raining, that's cleaning it too. The Lord cleaning it for me, you know. But uh, I appreciate it, Lord. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I tell people when it rains, that's when I clean it. But there has to be some type of reciprocation or some type of um, there has to be some type of response, all right, to this thing called worship. Three days journey out to worship me. And when they got there, they started to learn scripture. Because the stumbling block that is set before you and I is different for each and every one of us. Do you hear me? You ever have a, uh, one of your family members that keep leaving their shoes around? Yeah. And you hear your mom or, your, or somebody say, man, well, if you don't get your shoes... 
If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is going. He's doing his assignment. He's dying for everybody on planet. Adam has his assignment. Take care of the garden. God gave him a wife. Take care of your wife. Now, she's a help me, not a piece of meat. She's not an M-E-A-T. She's an M-E-E-T. She's there to come alongside you to help you. She ain't there to rule over you, but she's there to help you to do the assignment that God has called for you to do. But also, too, because she's a man with a womb, you know, God gives her an assignment that she needs to do to make sure things are happening and running smoothly. Everybody has an assignment. That's why when the judgment came, Satan got his judgment, Eve got her judgment, and Adam got his judgment. All three of them stood for themselves. Do you hear me? All three stood for themselves. For what is it? Think about this. When he starts to talk about, you know, sometimes, man, we want to get out here and we want, um, like sometimes I was talking to one of the guys that stopped me when I was going into Brookshire. And sometimes when you get older, you start to remember when the cars used to be real smooth back in the daytime. You know what I'm saying? A Stingray Corvette. You know, a big body Caprice, 1984. You know, you start looking at these older cars. And when we get older as men, we have a way of just wanting to go back and say, man, you know what, man? I saw one of them cars in the junkyard down there. I'm thinking about getting it and fixing it up. But then the Spirit of God says, what? does that have to do with the assignment that I have you on? Uh -huh. It's just as simple as that. Listen, Satan will put something in your hands so simple to where, you know what? I'm going to go coach uh, such and such. What's that got to do with the will of God for your life? And as a believer, you have to understand that God has a plan for your life. And if you follow that plan like John the Baptist did, mm -hmm. John the Baptist went out there and he focused on the assignment that God had him to do. And I'm telling you that you will worship God through doing the assignment. He never got off course. Jesus testifies that John went out there and got it straight for him. John was preaching and people were coming and being baptized and their heart was ready to receive the Messiah. He went out and did his job. I'm telling you, you and I have a job to do. If you're a father, the scripture talks about turning the hearts of the fathers back to the children to where you're back involved in your children's life. If you're a wife, you're involved in your children's life. You're not just there to be a maid and clean up the home and all that. You're a helpmate. If your husband only is bringing home this much money and it's not enough money for the household, then you're a man too. You're a man with the womb. You get up, you go out there and make things happen and double income, and now the family is kind of floating a little bit, you're making some things happen. You come along, you know, and, and, and being a man, you got dreams and desires too. But the Lord is saying, make sure that your dreams and your desires are in check with the plan that I have for your life. You still affected by something that happened at the prom, and now you want to, every time you want to be involved in somebody's prom to make sure it doesn't happen. That ain't got nothing. That was the, but the Holy Spirit said, will you leave that alone? That happened so many years ago, but we can't let things go. Amen. Situations happen in our life. We can't let it go. And God is saying, let that go and focus on the assignment that I have for you. If you're a husband, then love your wife according to knowledge. If you're a husband, then 
You're the head of the wife like Christ is the head of the church. You're not there to boss people around. But Jesus came to be a light, to be a savior, to do all these things for the body. And if you're a wife, hey, man, let's follow. Not saying that you can't have a career. Not saying that you can't do this and that. But the spirit of God should be talking to you about your life. But if your mama's in your ear, if your daddy's in your ear, if people are trying to tell you, if they're telling you what God's will is, that's great. It should line up with scripture. It should line up with what the spirit of God is telling you. But if they're telling you, to, you need to leave your man. You need to leave your husband. You need to leave your wife. That ain't God's will. Do you understand that? People should always try to push you together. Now, once it, when, when it gets to the point where you leave and they don't say nothing, you know you left at the good times. <laughs> when you finally leave and they're like, I'm tired. You know, I don't really say nothing. <laughs> it been over. <laughs> Wait, let them say it's about, don't let them say, why you leave? That ain't it. But when they say, oh, come on, they ain't saying nothing about it. Just come on, let's go. You know you did the right choice. You probably waited too long. Amen? Amen. <laughs> sometimes you got to, sometimes Moses, look, the hardness of our hearts. And sometimes a person that's leaving ain't the hard heart. They just can't live like that no more. That ratchetness. All right? But what if a man profits the whole world and loses his soul? Because he's telling you right here he's coming back. And what have we done with what he has given us? And he has given, listen, the opportunity that you and I have is amazing. To have the Spirit of God, another Christ living within us and guiding us. The Holy Spirit is God. Do you understand that? And for him to be living in you and I, we are without excuse. This generation that we live in, this time that we live in with the Spirit of God, he has given us so much power to overcome every obstacle. We are without excuse. Do you hear me? He is living with inside of you and I. And, he, and all of us, I've never come to church one time where every one of us is not saying what the Spirit of God is saying. We just need to come up a little bit higher. We need to get to a place where we begin to worship him. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Now, let's make it plain. We get paid sometimes based on what we do. If you're a salesman, it's based on what you do. Now, some jobs you get, whether or not you finish it or not, you get that paycheck. But some jobs is based on what you have done. In school, it's based on, they grade you on how much work you have done. And then also, too, how many answers you got correct. Do you understand that? He is going to come back and he's going to grade us, and he's going to check and see how effective we were with the ministry that he has given us, with the life that he has given us, with the wife, the husband, the children, everything that he has given us. He's going to come and check on that. Now, listen. I understand that maybe I'm not going to get the grade that I want right now. But as long as I got breath in my body, I can change and go in the worship direction and begin to worship him. The past week or two, I've been focusing on just doing this one thing is, is stop worrying about. And it's hard because the playoffs are on. So I'm trying to study and I'm trying to click on the game like Jesus in the room. He don't see me. You know, I'm not going to turn the sound up, but I'm watching the score. You ever do that? You, you don't want nobody to know you, you turn away from your significant other because you don't want to, they take out the time to stop watching that ratchetness. So you're just trying to turn around. They're like, I see your light on. Your light is on your phone. I know you're doing something. I was just checking the weather. <laughs> but you got the sound all the way down. That's where I try to do Jesus. I'm like, I just wanted to see what the score was. Lord, ain't nothing wrong with checking the score. But the Spirit of God is asking me, sometimes begging us to worship him. 
And I know it's not us getting down there and putting the songs on a rundown chanting and stuff like that, like you see some people do. It's doing what the assignment is. It's a lifestyle of worship. And it's hard because you have to deny yourself because this flesh right here, it has other intentions. And when you start talking to yourself, you know there's a problem. Why I got to do this? Why, why I got to do this? You know how we do when we were kids and our parents made us clean up? Why I got to clean up? I wasn't even in here. You live in this house. You're going to clean up too. I wasn't the one in the kitchen cooking. The Holy Spirit is like, let's clean this stuff up. You know, John the Baptist got everybody prepared for the Mashiach. That has passed. We have, we're past the Thanksgiving, enter his courts with Thanksgiving. We're past the praise. God is trying to take us into worship now, into the Holy of Holies, to where you see the miraculous signs and wonders being done when brothers and sisters were sold out for him. That's what he wants. He wants us to sell all the way out. Peter, walking by his shadow, People were putting out there just so his shadow would touch them and they would be healed. He wants you and I to get to a place where greater works than these are happening in our lives. You know, if you've got to go to school, go to school and do, do everything you can to be the best student in school because that's his will for your life. Listen, when he set Adam in the garden, there's a lot of structure going on there. Things had to be done sometimes in a timely manner. You can't get up when you want to. You can't do what you want to. God is still God. Amen. And sometimes I want to lay back. I tell people preaching is stressful. You want to know why? Because my assignment is I got to get in this word and I got to get in prayer. And I don't have sometimes have the luxury to go to do everything everybody else is doing. But you know what? I don't know when the nighttime is coming. Right. We talked about Josiah. He was 39 years old when life came at him. I'm past 39. We, wow. we in deep water now. When you start getting into your golden years, they call it, you you in deep water now. Once you get 50, you're like, everybody's like, you old now? I'm like, wait till I'm old. <laughs> I'm in the gym. But you halfway now. Are we halfway? Or is tomorrow my nighttime? So what is what why is the Holy Spirit encouraging me to spend time with him? Why is the Holy Spirit encouraging us to spend time with him? Come on, man, I need you. You were born for a purpose. And each and every one of us have purpose, y'all. Sometimes we want to go a different direction, but it seems like the Spirit of God is encouraging us to spend time with him, to allow him to fill our lives so that he can change us. Because we end on 28. He ends it on 28. He says, I'm saying unto you, there are some standing here which shall not taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You know, you're out there, we're still doing what we want to do. And next thing you know, the sky rolls back. And when that sky rolls back and everybody else is still walking around like, hey, do you see the sky roll back? Either it's going to be joy or it's going to be sadness. Sometimes when daddy's car will come down the street, some of us are going to be like, daddy, and some of us, tears will start to fall, but we had no business outside. Remember daddy told us not to be outside? All right. We didn't know what time he was coming. We thought he was going to get off work at four, but he came home early and we outside playing. Mm. Some people ran and said, Daddy, because they were allowed to be outside. But some of us weren't supposed to be outside and tears started to fall down our eyes. Because, <laughs> you know, Daddy going to do what he said he going to do. Yeah. They like these daddies today. These daddies, they be like, they be playing. Well, our daddy was real. <laughs> His worship was for real. His consistency was real. And God wants us to be consistent. 
he cursed the uh, the tree, the fig tree, because it wasn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. And the fig tree withered and died. They, when they came back by, they said, that, ain't that the tree? No, that's a different tree. No, that's a tree. When they came back by, that, that tree, it, it, he didn't have no more need for it no more. He's the one that made the tree, but if the tree ain't doing what it's supposed to do, he's like, man, you out. And I'm telling you, it's no different for you and I. So he's telling us beforehand, he's telling us, listen, it's November 1st. Rent's going to be paid on, on December 1st. <laughs> what you going to do with it? You know, when it gets to the 15th, you better go ahead and get it done. <laughs> All right. All right. But you don't know. We don't. We can't judge the time of the season. And and listen, and that's something that he has to speak to us because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be reading this. But for you and I, we know we need to be about our father's business. Yes, we do. Just like you are in school. You never get it. I used to get assignments and I used to be up the night. My mother used to say, why are you asking me to take you to the store now? When did you get this assignment? Last month. And we're up here now? Y'all been there last month. You got the assignment. Okay, for the month of March, we're going to have to all have to bring in a cactus. February 28th, black history almost over. Your mom at the store, dad at the store buying a cactus. You knew about this January 1st. If that's you, I suggest you get in the scripture because you might be one of those folks that might miss it. You need to stop playing right there. Your lifestyle is telling you you're going to keep messing around until all of a sudden the sky roll back. Amen. All right? And that don't mean that COVID, COVID's checking folks out. Life is checking folks out. What you going to do with your life? You got a wonderful opportunity. Other people don't have Jesus in their life. What you going to do? And listen, Satan is going to continue to put some stumbling blocks before you because he knows what we like. Oh, yes, he does. He's going to put what you like. If you like chocolate ice cream, he ain't going to give you vanilla. Uh -uh. Why would he set vanilla out there? You'd be like, whose vanilla is this? You throw it away. Well, he's going to put the chocolate with the chocolate chip on there, you know what I'm saying, with some Hershey's chocolate on there. He's going to lay it out there for you and not in a nice big old bowl, got the right spoon, the one spoon you like. He ain't got the plastic spoon that be kind of cutting your lip. It got a little, little thing on there, you know, cut your lip. Don't you hate that from Brahms? You get your little plastic spoon, got a little thing. You, you like your mouth all messed up. You give me that nice silver spoon. There you go. And you just eating over there, just eating that ice cream. <laughs> Knowing you're supposed to be doing something. You ain't supposed to, look, you got to have surgery tomorrow. You're not supposed to have ice cream. All right. When you up there eating the ice cream, next thing you know, the doctor, like, do you have anything to eat? Well, I did have some ice cream. They're looking at you like, man, we told you surgery was on the 15th. We told you on the 1st. You could have ate ice cream for 13 days and then stopped. You had to eat it the day before, didn't you? And you just looking at them. They're just looking at you like, whatever. That's your life. Let's put them. Let's take them in. <laughs> if you start, if you don't make it out of here, that's on you because you want to eat ice cream. <laughs> All right. It ain't it ain't that hard, mm. but it is that hard because the scripture right here says that he will use. <laughs> listen, he was using Peter, one of Jesus' own disciples, right. to try to throw a stumbling block out there on him. Jesus, is like get get out of my face, boy. Satan, get out of here. He knew who it was, and we need to recognize. That when you set your heart to do something, finish it. Because he's bringing somebody or something to be a stumbling block to you. To stop you when you go home and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Before you leave out that door, he's got a plan to get you to forget about the vow that you made to God. 
Yes, he, I'm telling you, by the time you get out the door, uh-huh. something's going to happen. Yes, yes. To where all of a sudden now you're like, come at nighttime, you're like, man, because you don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I'm telling you, I've got to preach because it's bigger. It's bigger than us. But if you and I can get this thing, I'm telling you, listen, I know he hears all of our prayers, but it's something about being in a place of worship where God, when you're doing that assignment and you begin to pray, God is like, yes, yes, yes. Because we affect so much around us. Just because you're a child, don't think that you don't affect everything around you. If Josiah was eight years old, affected a whole kingdom, trust me. Because when your heart is right and you begin to walk in ways that God told you to walk, that's worship. Your obedience is so much better than saying, I'm sorry. To repent is to never, ever do it again and live in a place of repentance where people say they used to be. Okay? That's all I got today. Anybody else got anything on their heart?